Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yo, before I start the episode, I just wanted to say rest in peace to Tentacion. It was reported last week. Um, that he was shot and killed in a robbery attempt. Uh, two people tried to rob him and they ended up killing him. You know, he was only 20 years old. He clearly suffered from depression and other issues that he was working through. But as you all take the time to pay your respects to him, stream his music, break all these streaming records, I also implore you not to forget the allegations against him, the domestic abuse charges, the accusations from his girlfriend, the evidence that was presented. I just ask that as you remember his legacy, you keep that same energy towards the issues and actions he was accused of. Rest in peace to a young man gone too soon. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Wednesday, June 20th, and I'm back with another dope episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. Let's get it. Uh, Welcome, everybody. Uh, I know I took a week off. Uh, last week, I uh, went on a vacation with my wife, so I, you know, I didn't bring the studio with me on vacation, so you know, I had to take take some time. But I am back with another exciting episode for sure. Um, it's been a lot of music has dropped in the in the two weeks since the last episode, um, so I've definitely got a lot to talk about i'm going to be discussing four of the albums that dropped in that two-week span um in the dig deeper segment i'm gonna hit you with you know a song of the week uh we're gonna get into the press play segment as usual business as usual over here in the thinking outside the boombox studio so without further ado let's get right into the song of the week 
the Song of the Week Sampler Series. I am back. As you know, a few weeks ago, I started the Sampler Series where I featured two songs, um, one that was sampled in a song and then the song that used that sample um, just to, you know... Um, pay some more attention to the sample or pay some, you know, respect to the samples used and a lot of songs that may have gone unnoticed and just to, you know, draw your attention to those samples and those songs in general. Um, so for this week, uh, the song that I'm using is more recent than some of the, the other ones, you know, less of a classic, but still, I think, a pretty dope use of a sample. So the sampled song is You Are My Joy Interlude by Faith Evans. Now, this is a song from Faith Evans' debut album, Faith, which was honestly such a dope album. It was released by Bad Boy Records in 1995. Um, you know, the Hitmen were the main producers. Diddy was on there. Um you know, and help produce and, you know, platinum album, gold hits like You Used to Love Me Soon As I Get Home. You know, it's it's a fantastic album. Faith Evans, you know, I feel like she's a little underrated. People sleeping on Faith and what she used to do. So uh, this song that was sampled, You Are My Joy Interlude, track number five from Faith. Man, that song, that interlude is only like, you know, a minute in, in like 10 seconds or something like that. And, you know, that alone is, was an interlude that I wished was a full song. Faith Evans had a great voice and that, you know, that sample just kind of, you know, it, it sounded like, you know, it is the epitome of what like R&B of that time period was like, you know, from the, from the melody to the keys, you know, all of that, like it, it has such a great vibe. And so the song that sampled this interlude, you know, doesn't really hide the sample. You know, it's he, he didn't hide the sample. He didn't need to. He let the sample speak for itself and then he let his music speak for itself. So the song that used this sample was Set It Off by Bryson Tiller. Now, Set It Off by Bryson Tiller, that was on on his True to Self album. I think that was probably my favorite song. The use of that Faith Evans sample was done so expertly, and then he went off over that sample and over that beat. It's definitely one of the best songs on that album. And, you know, Bryson Tiller is not, you know, him and his producers, I will say. Um, they're not, you know, strangers to using those old R&B samples for his own R&B music. He sampled a lot of Jodeci. You know, I'm pretty sure he sampled Faith Evans before. Like, he, you know, he's inspired by this old R&B, and he uses that to create new music. And I, I think that's dope, and I think that, you know, that those combination of songs worked really well together so uh shout out to faith evans for making a great song and shout out to bryson tiller's tiller for using that to make a great song of his own so without further ado let's now jump into the press play segment Alright, as you know, the Press Play segment is separated into three parts. Things that you should check out. 
that's where I keep you hip to new music videos, new songs, um, you know, new performances that you definitely need to look at. The rumor mill in the announcements section, that's where I talk about, you know, announcements by different artists, tour announcements, album art, releases, things like that. And then the upcoming and recently released album section, that's where I talk about projects that were recently released or that will be released in the coming month um, that you need to keep on your radar. Go listen to. So without further ado, let's jump into the things that you should check out. Number one, The weekend. Uh, if you have Apple Music, um, The weekend has a new Beats 1 show. It's called Memento Mori. Um, and it's, you know, going to present music that's inspired some late nights um, by the weekend. So expect some dark tunes um, on that. I believe the first episode has already been released. So definitely go to Apple Music and check out Memento Mori, the weekend's new Beats 1 radio show. Georgia Smith, um, she was on BBC. Uh, she showed up to the live lounge uh BBC Radio where they do a lot of the artists that they have on they have them do covers. She did a cover of Man Down by Rihanna and also Be Careful by Cardi B, but she she like did it sort of as a medley. So she did Man Down first and then she kind of transitioned seamlessly into Be Careful by Cardi B and it's dope. It's really dope. Georgia Smith is very talented and she effortlessly, you know, you know, uh, covers both of those songs. So you definitely want to check that out. She was also on NPR's Tiny Desk, where they invite artists into the NPR offices to do an intimate set of like three or four songs. Um, so she showed up to that, as you know, her album release. So she's doing, you know, the press tour for that. And she performed On My Mind, Teenage Fantasy, and Blue Lights, th three amazing songs she definitely chose correctly. Um, so you definitely want to check out that performance. And as you know, everything I talk about in this uh, segment can be found on the Thinking Outside the Boombox podcast newsletter. Two ways you can get that, one place you can get that. Go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com. First way, put your email in that email box on the right. You will receive the newsletter in your email every week when the podcast is released. Second option, you can just stay on the website, go to the newsletter tab. It's all right there. So that's how you can get all of this information. Next up, Drake re-entered um, the landscape um, and he dropped off the music video for I'm Upset. Um, now, as you know, I'm Upset was kind of a lackluster song that he released that, you know, I didn't I don't really care too much for, but the music video certainly made up for it. He, um, he had a high school reunion in the music video that featured almost all of the main characters from Degrassi. So the Canadian show that he was on where he got his first start and the main reason that he was clowned because he was in a wheelchair after getting shot on that show. Like he turned all of that into a pretty dope music video directed by Karina Evans, who, you know, has uh, directed all of his music videos for this rollout. She helped direct God's Plan with Director X. She did the video for Nice For What. And now the I'm Upset video, if you ask me, um, she's three for three as far as um, releases um, in this, this rollout of Drake. So shout out to Karina Evans, for real. She is, she is holding it down. Um, so yeah, Everybody from Degrassi was in this video. The dude that ended up shooting Drake um, in the show, 
he had him in the video and he's like running through the hallways and he ends up getting chased down by uh by Drake's like crew which I think was a very clever a clever way um to to include him and to you know address that this is the reason why Drake got clowned a lot it's a dope video we're never gonna forget you know the Pusha T loss and that he didn't respond to it and that the whole Jay Prince thing we're never gonna forget it but you know when Drake does creative things like this and he puts out the music that I'm sure he's gonna put out on Scorpion you know he's never gonna lose no money and his real fans are still gonna listen to his hits like that's just facts but hip-hop culture we will never forget the weekend when drake took the biggest l of his career that's just facts um music videos j-rock dropped off a couple of music videos he dropped off the music video for the bloodiest and he dropped off the music video for osom out of sight out of mind both songs from his recently released project redemption um both great videos, Out of Sight, Out of Mind, I think is a better video. It features Cole, and it tells more of a, a story. You know, it's definitely an art piece, but definitely check out both of those videos. Chris Brown, I know I know, I don't talk too much about Chris Brown over here, but uh, he dropped off the music video for Hope You Do, which was from his album Heartbreak on a Full Moon or whatever, the 48-song uh, album, whatever. And look, I know we made a lot of fun about Chris Brown in that album because it was so long. But there are a lot of good songs on there. If you if you have Apple Music, I have, you know, if you friend me on Apple Music, I believe my name on there is A. Oates. Actually, let me just check to make sure I'm giving you all the right information. Uh, my profile on Apple Music is A. Oates. So A-O-A-T-E-S. If you go, if you have Apple Music, you go to that profile. A lot of the playlists that I make for the podcast, a lot of the playlists that I just make for myself, I share those on that profile. One of the playlists I made is called "Only the Best um, Heartbreak on a Full Moon." So I took the, I took that forty-five song album that Chris Brown made, and I broke it down into like the best eleven and twelve songs that I thought from that album that could have been an album by itself. And so there are a lot of good songs in there. And so if you want to hear just those good ones, from my opinion, you can check out that playlist. Hope You Do is one of those songs, and he just released a music video for it. It's Donnell Jones-inspired. He also directed the video. So I'm giving shout-outs to Chris Brown for this video and for the song. Um, Big Shaq, <laughs> the dude that made uh, Men's Not Hot. Uh, you know, he's a comedian, but he ended up making a banger. Uh, last year with that song he's back with another song called man don't dance it's in the same realm he's in a lot of different places not dancing um it's it's hilarious he's a he's a funny comedian and his music is definitely entertaining so definitely check out that music video uh, as you know and as i'll talk about um a lot later beyonce and jay-z dropped off a surprise collaborative album called everything is love uh, one of the songs on there called Ape Shit, they did a music video for, it's them, like, in the Louvre, in, uh, in the Louvre, oh, I'm, I'm, like, throwing myself off trying to, like, pronounce it, I think it's just the Louvre, the Louvre, the Louvre, yeah, we're gonna say it like that, anyway, the big museum up in France, um, <laughs> they were there, uh, they, they shot the music video in there, um, and it's it's pretty epic. Like it's iconic. It's like visuals, it's on some lemonade type stuff. Like all the you know, I'll talk about this more later in the dig deeper segment, but it's an impressive video. Um 
that will be remembering for a long time. So definitely check that video out. Um, Gold Link and Miguel have a new song called Friends. I think it's Gold Link's song featuring Miguel. It's called Friends. It's dope. They both play off each other very well. Check that out. Tyler, the creator, added his own verse to the song Kid See Ghost from the Kid See Ghost album with Kanye and Kid Cudi. Um, it can be found on SoundCloud under, like, Crust in Their Eyes. I think that's the name, what his name of his verse to that. Um, it's also going to be in the newsletter. It's dope. He, he added a nice, fresh perspective to that song that was already dope. Um, rumor mill and announcements. Number one, and most importantly, Lil Wayne is free. He... Uh, apparently settled with Birdman and Cash Money over, you know, the money that they owed him. He is done with Cash Money. He's officially released. And from what that means, we will be getting the Carter Five. It is now going to be released with Universal. So they're done with all of that beef, thank goodness. And we might be getting the Carter Five this year. Now, one of the things I said on Twitter is that Lil Wayne needs to dig deep in his bag and make sure that Car the Carter Five is flames after this long wait like we it needs to be amazing and if it's going to be his last album and after all the trouble he went through just to be able to release it like go back to the drawing board if you need to get all the features get well 12 santana get drake get nikki get everybody you can get manny fresh like we want it all we want all the smoke we want the best album that you have ever put together if you have the ability to do it. We deserve that, and you deserve that. So let's see what we get with that. Um, Nicki Minaj unveiled the album cover for her um, album Queen coming out in August, and it you know, features her scantily clad, um, dressed like a Nubian queen. So hopefully her album keeps the same energy with that album cover, and we get some dopeness. Uh, we, we shall see. Drake added some new dates to his Aubrey and the Three Migos tour. Um, he added Denver, July 29th, Detroit, August 15th, New York, August 28th, Brooklyn, September 1st, Montreal, September 5th, Boston on the 9th, Philadelphia on the 16th, Houston on October 2nd, Los Angeles, October 19th, San Fran, October 29th, and then Edmonton, November 7th. So if you were in any of those places and you didn't get tickets before, now is your chance to get some more. Um, Nicki Minaj and Future are going on tour. It's called the Nicki Hendrix Tour. Um, the pre-sale already started. The general public tickets already started. Um, go get those tickets. It's starting. The tour is starting in Baltimore on September 21st, going all the way through. Um, well, the North American tour will be from September 21st all the way through November 24th in Las Vegas. So they're doing two full months. And then they're going, you know, overseas and all that starting in February of 2019 in Munich all the way through March 28th in Geneva. So definitely get tickets for that if you want. Miguel announced a tour, the Ascension Tour um, with Division. And apparently his brother, who I didn't know he had, I think his name is Nonchalant Savant. Um, so... You know, he just released, uh, well, not just, but last year, he released his album. Honestly, don't remember what it's called. It's called, like, War and War and something, War and Pineapples, War and Peace. Um, <laughs> I know that's not the name of the album. Let me let me stop disrespecting Miguel. That fam is dope. I need to, need to put some respect on his name and his album. Give me one second. I will give you, it's called War and Leisure. There you go. It's kind of like War and Peace. 
Uh, anyway, he'll probably be performing a lot of stuff from that album. So if you was you was messing with that, and if you like Division, um, definitely, definitely, definitely get tickets to his um, tour. Um, Drake released the album art for Scorpion. Um, it's very R and B like. It's got his his face, and then it's signed at the bottom. Like, you know, I don't care about the album art. Just give me the music. He also announced that it will be coming out uh, June 29th. So that's after the good music um cycle ends which might be smart and he also avoided the the carters in in their surprise album so so far a smart decision by drake um chance the rapper announced his very first asian tour which is wild um he's going to osaka august 18th tokyo august 19th mandela august 22nd and singapore august 25th so shout out to him, like for real, pulling pulling that type of those type of tour dates. That's dope. Uh, congratulations, the song by Post Malone and Quavo from uh, his Stony Project, his first debut, his, his debut album, Post Malone's debut album, just went eight times platinum, which is insane. Like Post Malone just continues to win this summer. Like he's killing it, eight times platinum. He is like two million more from going diamond, which is. There's few songs that can say they went diamond. So, you know, I want to see them do it. Like, shout out to Quavo and Post Malone if they can get a diamond song off of Congratulations, for sure. Young Thug announced that his new project will be called Slime Language. Uh, I'm assuming that's coming soon. Look out for that. Uh, SZA announced that her voice is not permanently damaged. She had previously said that it was permanently injured, but she said now that she wanted to thank... The incredible team of doctors and vocal technicians that have taken the time to see her over the last few weeks in every city. She's blessed to say her voice is not permanently damaged and she's been working daily to get it back slowly but surely. And then she says she was going to give it a go and hit the stage at Firefly. That was, um, I want to say, a couple days ago. So hopefully that went well and I'm glad that there's no permanent damage to her voice because we need we need SZA. Um, Finally, Kids See Ghost, the Kanye and Cudi album, debuted at number two on the Billboard um, 200 chart behind Dave Matthews' band, their new album. So that's wild. It didn't even get the number one album because Dave Matthews outsold it. So it is what it is. Upcoming and recently released albums. You know, I just talked about a lot of these and I'll be talking more about them in the Dig Deeper segment on the 8th. Kanye and Cudi dropped Kids See Ghosts, their collaborative project. Georgia Smith also dropped her debut project. Go check that out. Um, I'm not. This is not one of the albums I'll be talking about um, in the Dig Deeper segment, but she snapped. Like she has an amazing voice. She's an amazing songwriter. The arrangements are dope. Like she she killed it. Lost and Found is an amazing debut album. Teenage Fantasy alone is just an amazing song. So go check out the rest of the album. It's good. J-Rock last Friday dropped off Redemption, his third studio album. I'll be talking about that more. Nas dropped off his, I want to say his ninth studio album, but maybe it's his 11th. He's come out with a lot of albums called Nazir, which is his first name. That came out on Friday. Uh, I'll also be talking about that. Robert Glasper and his group R Plus R Equals Now came out with their debut album as a group, Collogically Speaking. It's dope. If you like jazz, if you like like soul, blues, modern soul, modern blues, modern jazz, like 
it's a dope album. Like, Robert Glasper is one of the greatest in the game. That's facts. Um, so, you know, it was exciting to hear him with all of his collaborators, like, making some dope music. Um, as I said, uh, last Saturday, the Carters, Beyonce and Jay-Z, dropped off a surprise collab album, Everything is Love. Tiana Taylor's album should be dropping this Friday. Doesn't have a name yet. Next Friday on the 29th, Drake will be dropping off his Scorpion album. And on July 20th, um, the internet will be dropping off Hive Mind. So June was a fantastic and is still a fantastic month for music. Halfway through, um, we're actually, I guess we're probably a week or two away from doing a mid-year review. So I'll have to... I'll have to gather the homies so we can do do an episode, talk about what's been the best music this year. So that is it for the Press Play segment. After a short break, I'll be right back with the Dig Deeper segment. Kid Cudi, I had to, I had to go with that that version of the Dig Deeper intro this week. Um, the Dig Deeper segment for this week, I will be discussing four of the albums that have released this June, specifically four that released within um, the past two weeks. Um, three of these released last week. One of them the week before, since I didn't have an episode. So let's start with Kid See Ghosts. Kid See Ghosts is the name of Kanye and Cudi's collaborative group and is also the name of the album they dropped a couple weeks ago on June 8th. Um, now I just want to talk a little bit about all four of these albums. Um, I think they are all worth discussing. Um, now I had high expectations for Kids See Ghosts, you know, after, you know, I was slightly disappointed by Kanye's album. Um, you know, I had high expectations for this one because Kid Cudi was involved. I was all in on this album because of Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi is an amazing artist and it's been so long since we've seen him, you know, back, at, you know, at the the height of his powers, uh, you could say. Um, so I just want to, you know, go through this album. Overall themes of the Kid See Ghost album, you know, both Kanye and Cudi speak to you know, the downfalls they've had in their lives. Cuddy specifically speaks about his battles with depression and drugs. Now he's come out on the right side of it. And he's ready for a new start. You know, I would say the song Reborn is kind of, I think, the thesis statement for the entire album for both uh, Cuddy and Kanye. Kanye obviously battling with the depression and like by being bipolar also kind of speaks on these themes. Um... Lyrically, um, the album is is polished. Like I think Kanye delivered probably two of his best verses, not ever, but like definitely in a long time, on the songs "Kids See Ghosts" and "Cuddy Montage." Um, but this album, if you ask me, belonged to Cuddy. Like Cuddy was in his bag. His hums and moans could probably cure a disease, if you ask me. <laughs> but besides that, he delivered some pretty solid bars on nearly every song. 
Um, you know, you got some serious man on the moon, Indica vibes, like Cuddy hasn't lost a step. And together they had some pretty great chemistry. Like they played off of each other very well with Cuddy doing a lot of the heavy lifting and then Kanye coming in to drop, you know, some, you know, maybe some background vocals or a verse or some weird sounds like he did on the, the album opener, Feel the Love. Um, production wise, it's it's good. Kanye was listed as the primary producer on the first three songs and on the titular track, Kid See Ghost. But he was absent for the production of, in my opinion, the best two songs on the album. And now, that doesn't mean that he didn't have anything to do with it, but if you look at the producer credits, his name isn't there. And those two songs are Reborn and Cuddy Montage. Now, Dot the Genius and Plain Pat... Um, are longtime producers of Kid Cudi's music and pretty instrumental to Cudi's sound in his previous albums. And they both had a hand in these two songs. Reborn is probably the most Cudi-sounding song on the album, and I think it's the best song on the album. It's got that nostalgic, you know, kind of music box-type melody that Cudi is known for, and Cudi just does his thing on it. Uh, the last four songs on the album, I think, are where the album kinds of shift into a different vibe. Um... And Cuddy was the primary producer for three of those four songs. Kanye did his thing too, though. You know, as an executive producer, he's been killing it. He showed an amazing ability to produce music that fits in his style of production, but also matches the artist on the album. Like that fourth dimension beat is nasty, as is the Kid See Ghost beat. The Louis Prima sample on fourth dimension is dope that's the one that does that like santa claus sample like the fact that he puts the sample in the beginning normally and then shows what he did to it is a slight flex in its own um that kurt cobain sample on the the album ender cutty montage was expertly used it's dope um as far as like arrangements and features yasin bay most def he really he really shined on kids ghosts um the the song Ty Dolla Sign is showing himself to be an amazing and reliable collaborator. Pusha T delivered a solid verse to start the album. Andre 3000 helped write and produce Fire, and it definitely has some of his influences, and it's fire. Like, you know, the features really came together to produce a, a dope album. On the the sequel to Ghost Town, which I think was the best song off of Kanye's album, they had a sequel on here called Free Ghost Town Part 2, it's dope. It has a lot of those, like, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy vibes where he gets, you know, a lot of people together to collab and do harmonies and, like, choral, you know, notes and inflections and harmonies on songs. It has a lot of that on that song. Like, the the arrangements of the songs are dope. You know, it's overall, it's a great album. My overall impression, I think the album was strong and definitely a better offering than Kanye's album, Yay. It was a collaborative album, but it really felt more like Cuddy's as he was responsible for most of the album's most memorable moments. Um, this just made me want even more music from Cuddy, to be honest. Reborn Alone is one of the best songs of the year. Um, the album seemed like it had more time put into it, was more cohesive and altogether just better than Ye's album. Also, it is what it is, but, you know, there's not much turn up on this album. It's a reflective, introspective album that's deep on emotion and exploring feelings. But it's great. I think that, you know, Kanye and Cudi, you know, are both better together than they are apart. Um, and they showed it here. This was this was a great showing from both of them. So um, shout out to Kitsy Ghost. My favorite songs from the project, I would say Reborn. Kitsy Ghosts, Cuddy Montage, 
And then to give a fourth out of the only the seven songs on there, I would have to say, I would have to say Fourth Dimension. I would say, um, but it's a dope album, definitely worth your time. Let's jump into Nasir Nas's album, the uh, fourth album in this cycle of good music releases. Even though Nas isn't good music, but these releases of albums executively produced by Kanye. Um, I I was conflicted with this album. On first listen, you know, I thought it was good. I was hearing Nas rap again. I was hearing it over Kanye beats. I was hearing, you know, you know, Nas, you know, get kind of, you know, reflective. But the more I listened to it, the more I realized how hollow the raps were. So the overall themes of this project, Kanye tweeted about, you know, the definition of the seven deadly sins the week the album is released. And so the overarching theory and likely maybe fact is that each song represents one of the seven deadly sins. Sins. So in order of the track list, um, these are the sins that are to co uh, coexist with those. Pride, wrath, gluttony, lust, greed, sloth, and envy. And so the 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 order that I listed those is the order they're supposed to, you know, go with the songs on the album. Um lyrically, Nas remains one of the most lyrical and best MCs in the game. Um, but his cracks start to show here. You know, he gets super political on the opener track. Um listing off a number of theories conspiracy or not related to the black struggle and the history of the United States. And it's a little confusing as he doesn't really connect them in any ways to a larger theme. Like what is the album's purpose? What's the message? You know, those are two questions that I, you know, tried to ask myself about the album and I just couldn't really find an answer because it was kind of all over the place. Individually, there are a few strong songs from a musical perspective, but as a conceptual album, it doesn't really have many legs. And so Honestly, besides the Carters dropping a project, this album was going to have a hard time, you know, you know, getting replay value and existing on its own because, you know, when you really unpack it, like what's really there. Production-wise, Kanye continues to show his ability to adapt. You know, he produced an album that features his signature production styles, but is also very true to Nas's style. Um, the Not For Radio beat, which is the opener track, feels very cinematic thanks to that Hunt For Red October sample. But it also features drums similar to the ones he used on the Cruel Summer Project. He killed that Bonjour beat. Um, I think it might be one of the best on the album. The song Everything sees an 808s and Heartbreaks type of beat meet the choral and heavenly sounds that Kanye liked to use on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy um, arrangements and features. Diddy to open the album is classic and obviously reminds us of the Hate Me Now joint that Nas and Diddy collaborated on. Uh, 070 Shake continues her impressive run on these good albums with a great hook on the opener. Tony Williams did what he does best, longtime collaborator with Kanye uh, on the Bonjour song. Him and Nas crafted a super dope track there. Honestly, Kanye's vocal additions to the album seemed unnecessary. His primal screams fit the album more than anything else he did his verse on cop shot the kid seemed hypocritical considering his actions and statements of late and he should have just let the dream do all the singing on the everything joint at the same time what kanye and the dream did to you know the arrangement and the setup for everything turned it into one of the best songs on the album i don't know who handled the ethereal background vocals for that song but they set that song up to be a success 
Um, my overall impressions, Nas has always been one of the best MCs, but one thing that plagued his career was his choice of beats. One of the main reasons he's never made it into my top five is because I couldn't really connect with a lot of his songs personally. They had great lyrics, but a lot of times the beats just made the songs sound disconcerted, disconnected. Even though he addressed this in the final track on the album, Simple Things, he didn't have those problems on Nazir. He had the opposite. You know, he's spitting over production by one of the greatest producers ever, as well as producers like Mike Dean, Plain Pat, Cashmere Cat. But the thoughts, they seem scattered. Like, conceptually, the album doesn't have much of a narrative, mainly considering the Deadly Sins theory wasn't explicitly stated. You know, however, additionally, for an artist who's always kept it real, it was odd that he never addressed Khalees. You know, her claims recently that he used to abuse her. You know, he's specifically chosen to ignore these claims and indirectly use Instagram to quote-unquote defend himself, but not really. Um, it's weird. It's not a good look. I also recently read that the mother of his child, his daughter, in a past autobiography, she also accused him of of abusing her. So you kind of need to address this. And like, you know, as controversy goes, Nas and Kanye in the hip hop uh, game are they're both right up there, you know, as far as this recent cycle goes. So it seems odd that he chose not to, you know, really address any of that. Um, all in all, this seemed like an album that was meant to show that Kanye could make a Nas album, you know, rather than an album that was meant to show off Nas. So, you know, I was a little disappointed about that. It has some songs that, that go, you know, but, you know, from a Nas album, you know, you kind of want a little more than that. Um, and I don't know if he delivered, like maybe the age is, is showing itself here. He's not as polished as he once was. Like, was he bored? Like, did he not really have anything to say? Like, I don't know. It's, it's tough, but, um, if I had to pick favorite songs, I would say everything featuring the dream and Kanye. I would say bonjour featuring Tony Williams. I would say simple things, the track closer. Um, let's talk a little bit about Redemption, J-Rock's third studio album. Excuse me. Um, this was also J-Rock's first album in about three years. 90059 was the last album we got from him. Um, but this album, Redemption, is easily his best. So the title is, it's fitting. You know, this album is incredible. It's an exciting 45-minute listen. You know, J-Rock said about the album that he's just here to give us the real and just basically give us more of him and just showing us his growth. That's basically what he's doing on the album. And that is exactly what he did. The album shows amazing musical growth over his previous efforts. You know, he exhibits numerous types of flows and cadences over energetic production, his introspective bars on for what it's worth, the upbeat jumping beat on Knock It Off coupled with his sing-song flows, as well as an incredibly catchy hook on Knock It Off. Like, the combination of all of that, he's clearly figured it out. You know, there are mainstream joints on the album to go around, especially the Jeremiah's sister joint, Tap Out, the song Troopers, like... He's got some some bangers on here. Kendrick kind of serves as a hype man to J-Rock on the album, um, considering that he provides background vocals for almost half the songs on the album. And, you know, kind of symbolizing that it's all about J-Rock here and in this effort. Um, TDE showed up 
showed up heavy for this album, you know, with all of Kendrick's background vocals, the way that Kendrick and J-Rock played off of each other perfectly in what the wow freestyle. And SZA delivered some silky vocals for one of my favorite songs off the album, and that's the titular track, Redemption. Honestly, my favorite joint was the collaboration between J-Rock and J. Cole, Out of Sight, Out of Mind, which I mentioned the music video just dropped. And it's a street tale that sees both artists rapping about surviving on the streets while we see Cole deliver one of his best features of the year. Now, you know, J-Rock, he basically delivered an album to remind us that TDE is more than Kendrick. And I mean, we knew that, but, you know, for the the person who was the first to be on TDE, sometimes you just gotta let, you just gotta let him know. You know, he combines his, his gritty street rap with flows and melodies that are definitely gonna flourish on the charts, and that's similar to what Schoolboy Q did with his Oxymoron album. You know, J-Rock has the tools to do more than just stand on the sidelines, and he showed us exactly how he can use those tools on this album, so shout out to J-Rock. Favorite songs? Man, there's there's too many. There's probably too many to name. Um, if I had to choose, if I had to choose, I would definitely say Redemption uh, with SZA. I would say Out of Sight, Out of Mind with J. Cole. I would say Troopers. I would say For What It's Worth. Rotation uh, 112th is dope. Uh, wow Freestyle with Kendrick is dope. 13 songs. And I think I just named five or six. Like, it's a dope album. Like, trust me. Uh, I guarantee you. I mean, I, I guess I can't guarantee because I don't know what other albums are going to release this year. But as it stands, this is like top three albums for me to be released this year. That's just that's just facts. So shout out to J-Rock. Finally, let us talk about Everything is Love. This is the surprise collaborative album that... Beyonce and Jay-Z dropped last Saturday. So this album to me seems like the finale in a two to three year saga from the Carters, as they're calling themselves now. Um, you know, they've both gotten very personal like never before on their solo albums. You know, Beyonce with Lemonade, Jay-Z with 444. Um, detailing marital issues and how they worked through them and grew as individuals throughout. You know, everything is love is the culmination of the story. They're on top, they're happy, they're thankful, and they want to share the good, this album, as well as the bad. So, like, you know what Beyonce talked about on Lemonade and Jay-Z's response on 444. The album has many themes, thanking the ones that helped them get to where they are, black excellence, luxury, black wealth, black love, all of that. Like, it's like, it's like Watch the Throne, but, like, uh, more sincere, or like, happier, um more more time spent on the the personal aspects of of their lives things like that lyrically they're sharp beyonce clearly has something to prove here she shows off her rapping skills on almost every song and she exhibits some serious talent like she's just flexing on the game at this point and she's just having fun the triplets she throws out on ape shit are incredible you know she's got no time for any of the narratives she addresses a lot of stuff one of the lines she said was, if I gave two fucks about streaming numbers, I would have put Lemonade on Spotify. And it's like, ooh, well, damn. Was that a was that some shade towards Spotify? Ooh, okay, I see, I, I see you. Um, you know, Jay-Z on this takes the time to remind us that he's one of the best to ever do this. He's sharp, 
delivers some impressive bars throughout. You know, the fact that they dropped this in the midst of Nas's album rollout, and, you know, we're seeing Nas kind of lose a step while Jay-Z seems polished, that fact is not lost on me. It's really not. It's not. Um, the album alone is so full of moments that will capture the whole summer. Like on 713, you know, the, the ode to Houston, Beyonce repurposes the hook from Still Dre, you know, Dr. Dre's song. Uh, she repurposes the hook in that song, and that's a hook that Jay-Z wrote. So they're really just stunned. And, you know, Jay-Z runs that entire song from start to finish on 713. He killed it. Pharrell's production on Ape Shit and Nice is classic, as well as his contributions to Nice. Hearing Beyonce and Jay float over a beat that was meant and previously used for Nav just seemed right. Like that, um, the Friends beat was, the beat for that was a song that was originally by Nav called Neptune that featured like Belly um, and another dude, but you know, it didn't end up on Nav's Reckless project probably because they decided to use it for this um not to mention that that friend song features a classic verse by jay and it sees him address kanye in the wedding like one of the the main points that kanye has you know yelled out and ranted about about the friendship with jay is that jay and beyonce didn't come to kanye and kim's wedding and jay addressed that on friends where he said uh, what was the exact line? He basically said, you know, when me and my wife beefing, I'm not going to no one. I'm not leaving her. I'm not leaving the house. And if you don't get that, then we ain't meant to be friends. That's not the exact words, but that was pretty much the sentiment. And it's like, oh, he's he's addressing. And it wasn't like a diss to Kanye. It was kind of just like, yo, this is what it was. And if you can't accept that, then I'm sorry. Like, you know, Jay Jay Z showed some some lyrical, you know, gravitas that, you know, I didn't even really see on 444. Like, 444 was great. But, you know, he he really he dug deep in his bag on this album. And, you know, another moment, Beyonce claiming that they are the new throne and calling herself Bezos, or, like, Bezos. I, I forgot how she announced, uh, pronounced it. I'm pretty sure it was Bezos. Like, <laughs> that alone is fair to say that, like, the relationship between Kanye J and, and the Carters, it's it's over. And to be honest, Beyonce and Jay-Z, they played off each other perfectly. At times, Jay-Z sat back. As Beyonce ran the track, he added his bits and pieces. Other times, he did his thing, dominated the track. Together, they were pretty much unstoppable. Uh, vocally, as I mentioned, Beyonce rapped more than she sang, but the vocals she did give us were just so memorable. Her vocals on Heard About Us honestly just made me smile. Like, hearing her croon, if you don't know, now you know, nigga, and then run off with that, Man, it's a smash. It really is. I knew we'd get some sort of music from them before the show, or at least the Chicago on the run tour in, in August. But now I'm very excited. They definitely broke the quote-unquote curse of them making subpar records together. Um, I didn't even mention the incredible art references and statements made in the Apeshit video. And honestly, that's because it's so much that I, I can't even comprehend and give to you on the on the podcast. You know, that song was a reference track done by Migos reworked by the carters the migos ad libs left in shot in the lure with all these black bodies and spaces that feature few black people on the walls like that's just a basic explanation i'll include a link to somebody on twitter and also youtube who like frame by frame broke down the video and all of the incredible references that they they put in there it's amazing um, my favorite songs from this album, Friends, Black Effect, Nice, but honestly, the whole album is dope. It it really is. Like, 
honestly, my least favorite song is probably Ape Shit. Like, I just think that all, all the other songs in there are a lot better. But, I mean, that song runs, too. It's a turn-up anthem. Um, overall impression, I mean, I just gave it to you. But the Carters don't care about your album releases, good music. They don't care about your album mode, Drake. Like, this is their season. And they showed why, with a surprise album, you, you know that we'll still be talking about next year. They showed why they run this. It was an amazing album. And, you know, out of all the albums that have released um, over the past few weeks, which one will I focus more on listening to the whole album through and through rather than picking songs here or there? Probably, probably this. Probably Everything Is Love with Redemption Close Second. Um... But yeah, that's it. Listen to all four of those albums. Listen to all the albums that release in general. They're all they're all fantastic. But you know, the Carters they they made a statement. They really did. I'm excited for the rest of the music that's coming. Tiana Taylor's album Friday is gonna be dope. Drake the next Friday, I'm Drake Stan. Like I'm I'm excited to to hear how he bounces back from that that push the tea thing um but yeah that's it for the dig deeper segment that's it for this episode uh thank you all for listening you know the deal subscribe rate review on apple podcast tell your friends about thinking outside the boombox i mean this is the number one source uh for hip-hop and r&b news so make sure you let your your people know about it um shout out to y'all um hopefully i'll be back next week with a new episode This has been your boy. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.